We all think about what we eat. We plan our meals or count carbs or do any number of other things when it comes to what we put in our bodies. But do you ever think about the flavor of what you consume? Sure you do. What we eat or drink either tastes good or it doesn't. In fact, taste is the number one consideration in what we consume. There's more to it than just like or dislike. And there's even a whole industry dedicated to it. Flavor is memory. Flavor is feeling. Flavor is science. Flavor is art. Flavor is McCormick Flavor Solutions. I'm Corey Doucette, and welcome to our Flavor University podcast, where we explore the science, artistry, and industry behind flavor. Living the same day over and over can be daunting. Ask Bill Murray. Performing the same task or same procedure on a daily basis may drive some insane. However, with repetition breeds safety. Repetition also creates quality and is not only necessary, but required in our industry. When it comes to safety and quality, being able to produce the same superior product securely time after time is crucial. Today's guests are our own hometown heroes when it comes to quality and safety. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Quality Manager Katie Wang and Quality Systems Manager Melissa Valenzuela. We're going to start this like we always do. Let's have you guys introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do at Fona and what led you here. Katie, since you've been here before, we're going to have Melissa do the honors and start us off. Who are you? What do you do with us? And how did you get to us? I started off in the restaurant industry um, right out of high school. I wanted to be a chef, but chefs are always busy during the holiday season. So uh, I like to be with my family. So I wanted to switch it up a bit and I went to nutrition. And also that was in my field after a couple of years and I ended up risking it, took a job at a temp agency and was a temp for one year and then got hired on. And I've been in PSNQ ever since. Uh, what I do is I assist in all of the coordination with our customer audits. I help out all the teams that are on the floor, whether it's environmental monitoring, um, investigations, different programs from in our food safety system. I think you might be all over the building just as much as I am. <laughs> I like to get my steps in, so it's good. It's nice. Katie, your turn. I actually started as a summer intern, so <laughs> that was very fun for me. It was my second internship, and I loved using my science background, my chemistry degree, in something that's very near and dear to our hearts. I'm a big foodie, and making sure that the supply chain is staying safe was like a true passion of mine. So after I graduated from the University of Iowa, I was offered a full-time position in our product safety and quality department. I've been in quality for about probably 15 years now, but flavor industry as well as the meat industry. I love it. Every day is different. All right. So let's put everything in perspective here. Let's talk about safety and quality. Let's try and put this in a nice little box for what we're talking about today. <laughs> what does safety and quality mean to us as a business? Sure. So safety and quality as a business are extremely important. We want to ensure that our consumers, our final consumers, our customers, all of our stakeholders involved in the Fona flavors are going to get a consistent product, a safe to eat product, the product that they're expecting. Yeah. One example that I love to give is you don't want your vanilla flavor tasting like the lemon flavor that was run before. So making sure that all quality attributes, all food safety attributes, that you're getting the best final flavor is everything that's tied into the different programs we have in place that Melissa and I oversee. I can say that I've definitely had that experience of buying a product and then getting it home, tasting it, and just being like, there's something wrong with that. And only once, only once have I been like, they should keep producing it that way. 
um, <laughs> which is probably strange to say. I'm, I'm sure it was a it was a half and half iced tea flavor, and I forget what the outlier was, but it was just I was like, this is wonderful. Is there anybody in it, maybe it's you and your family or just you you know somebody you know that can sense that right away, can pick that stuff. Like, for example, if you buy the generic instead of the, the name brand, is there somebody you know that can just pick that up? I know for sure it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of evaluations when I don't even know that I'm doing them myself out on the floor or anywhere when I'm shopping. And I buy something that's different versus like, yeah, if I want to try the generic one versus the name brand. And I do notice a little bit of a difference and also the quality, like the texture of it and all of the feel. So I'm going to say it's me. <laughs> I'm I'm the same way. Me and my husband were eating ice cream the other night this week, and he got a peach flavor. And I go, oh, that's a very candied peach flavor. It's not really true to fruit. So I think it's just being in our business. We're tasting all the time. Happen. We have yes. sensory training every year. That's just kind of one of those things that we're, we're those that person in our family. Yeah, that's us. And on behalf of those people who aren't that person, it's not irritating. It's endearing. <laughs> Just so you know, <laughs> I'm saying that because my wife may listen to this podcast and it's her in our family. All right, let's break it down. So we've talked high level. Let's let's break it down to day in the life. What are you guys doing day to day basis? I'm sure it changes, but if you can kind of give me that repetition, what do you see on a day to day? I start off my day with checking emails, right? Seeing if we have any hot fires that we got to look at right away or any new requests come in. Once that's t taken care of, then it's going out to the floor, talking to the production team on what's going on. If there's an issue somewhere or if there is an issue with a, a machine, then we get all the other departments involved, right? If we have maintenance, production, scheduling, whatever, whoever is impacted. Troubleshooting through that, then handing it off to the right team member so that way they can lead it to completion. Then coming back and just ensuring all of our other programs are enlisted. Right now, I'm going through some updates of certain readers that we have. It depends on where we at and what season. So we're gearing up. We always say that right after our big audit is over, we continue and we start right away the next day. So we're moving on forward with what's next and ensuring that we're going to meet all the requirements for the new audit that's coming up. So the day can change a bit, but it's ensuring again that we're meeting all of the requirements for our big audit that comes up. I feel like you guys are always gearing up for an audit. <laughs> it's, it's never a time when you're not being audited. So all that being said, that's what you do on a day-to-day on -day basis. You're preparing, you're getting ready, but really safety and quality, I mean, it's not just for auditing. What is it, what is it for? Why are we doing this? Why is it so important? Whether it's a customer or certification or a regulatory audit, it's information back to making sure that we're in compliance with those standards. But really the, the true meaning behind it is do you have programs that will catch if there's an issue so that that product can then not go out the door? You don't want bad product going out the door. So you need to know that you have certain programs that are targeting all the things that could go wrong. And then those programs need to be reviewed and verified along the way that they are still working as you design them 10, 15, maybe <laughs> even last year, right? Yeah. It's a long time ago or a new program that you just started. So verification checks along the way are what Melissa and I are doing. Training is constant. Check-ins with the production team, our own quality team, our internal auditor team, because we can't be the only ones <laughs> checking those things. So having those people be our eyes and ears and making sure that they can do the job as well as a quality manager, a quality systems manager, to make sure that that product that has our name on it is going out the door 
We want that brand to be trusted. We want that brand to speak of quality when you see it. And you guys are not just looking for safety in our product either. You're both a part of our safety team, aren't you? So safety and food safety and quality, they work very hand in hand. So anytime that there's new equipment or new processes, you have to look at it from all those different views. So someone on the safety team is going to look at it from a people safety standpoint. We're going to take a look at it from a quality or food safety standpoint. Can we clean it? Do we have an operating procedure around it? And a lot of times we're doing walks together with the safety team out on the production floor to see if anything's new that we need to take a look at or what needs repair. Yeah, a work order. What has changed? (laughs) So we work hand in hand with them. What happens if you find something after the fact? What do you do? Oh, we react on it right away. As soon as we have something that's new out on the floor, then we link up with each other and the departments that are going to be impacted and we figure out what's the best way of moving forward and making sure that, as Katie mentioned, all of the areas are covered, people safety and then food safety. Yeah, sometimes things go wrong. Mm -hmm. Raw material might have to get returned because it doesn't meet our quality standards put it on hold, get it returned, and ensure that we don't use that. Or if we have used it, making sure that the product is going on hold. And where's it going? Yeah, Where's it going? Who do we need to notify? Getting customer care involved. Get the right product in or the right raw material in. Scheduling that remake right away so that we can do that turnaround lead time very quickly. We talked about SQF and different compliances or, sorry, different evaluations Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. need to go through. Can you take me down that path a little bit? Let's let's talk about a few more. What are the big ones? What are some of the smaller ones? And what do we do to prepare? Sure. <laughs> so we have a couple of big ones, as yeah. I like to call it. So Wait, pause, rewind. Why did you both laugh? Because <laughs> we have so many audits. <laughs> they're all big. They're all big and they're all important. Exactly. So um, <laughs> it's hard to distinguish them from less to most or, you know, yes, SQF is our biggest audit and we always want to prepare for that. But at the same time, all of our customer audits are just as important. We want to ensure that we're meeting the requirements if they have certain ones and always being prepared for them as well. Yeah. What does SQF stand for? That's a good question, Corey. What does you SQF know. stand for? <laughs> does stand for safe quality foods? And, and that was Corey's little joke because I'm usually going around and asking everyone, making sure that there's reminders at team meetings. Yes. Product safety and quality, PS and Q, as you've heard Melissa say, we love our abbreviations. So SQF, GMP, SOB, AIB. <laughs> yep. But to to go back to Corey's original question, SQF is a big audit for us, as Melissa said too. It, we also do an AIB GMP inspection. We are also doing uh, corporate audits. So McCormick will come in, and we had our first one on site this year. So those are our big three, as I call them. And then, of course, we're registered with the FDA. So if the FDA were to come in, that would be an important inspection or audit as well. And then we have our product identity audits, as I like to call them. We have kosher, organic, halal, and sprinkled throughout the year then is our customer audits as well. And not to toot our own horn, but I do know that we do well on all of our audit, on all of our audits. So uh, beep, beep. <laughs> well, the thing... True measure of a successful audit is that we're doing the right things throughout the year. Yes. So if someone's looking back and they're here in June and they're looking back at documentation from October, we had the right programs in place all throughout the year. So oh, we do the right thing. We do like to be ready, audit ready, 24-7. Our company is required to do these audits to be a flavor company. Do independent companies that hire us 
require us to do audits and safety checks. So for example, if I, we have a company come to us, a vendor come to, or not even a vendor, a, a customer come to us mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I want to make sure that you're doing this the way we do this, you know, the right way to us. Do we have audits like that from them? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a bread and butter where yeah. probably more than the other audits through the years, <laughs> we have customers who come in either themselves or they contract through a third party and they come on site and Melissa's great in ensuring that, you know, we have a mutually agreed upon date. This is our agenda. We're devoting this day or these couple of days to you to ensure that we can make your time as efficient as possible. We're going to throw together those binders that you see us pulling out and ensuring that we have all the paperwork from throughout the year that might get requested in advance. Out of all the audits that we do, are there any that make you a little more jittery, a little more nervous? Not that any audits make us nervous, but we kind of get like a little, little, little butterflies and like to harness that nervous energy and kind of a, what I call my competitive spirit and a bring it attitude. We want to see what you can see as an auditor. We want to, we always want to push for continuous improvement. So if there is something that is found like a minor or some sort of issue, of course, we want to see that. We want to correct that. It's what is going to make our program better. So we always see audits as a way to, as a tool to build our partnership with our customers, build that trust and ensure that we are performing to the best of the industry standards. I like to talk about technology. It's what I do. Yeah. So obviously it interests me. Tell me about the programs that you use, the technology that you use to ensure quality. And then on the, not even the opposite side, but on the next front to ensure safety. We do use a lot of technology. We yeah. we have a lot of tools at our hands. We use different computer tracking systems. We have inventory warehouse management systems. So makes traceability, mock trace tests, as well as if there's an issue, we need to figure out where something went. We have all that information at our fingertips. We have so much data too. There's a lot of Whether data it's tracking. coming from the testing of our raw materials, the testing of our finished product, our sampling out on the floor, and, and there's data all the time. The environmental over, yeah. monitoring program too. Yeah. So we can use and harness that data for trending of patterns and seeing where we might need a little bit of extra help or where things are still going well. With all that being said, what's the traceability that we're talking about here? How do our customers track this back? Yeah, very, very good question. So we're required by every guidance that I know of, SQF, FDA, our customers, customers. we have to be able to know what raw materials went into which products and then where those products went. It's called one up, one down. So you have to be able to trace backwards as well as forwards. So we use our inventory management system. We use scanners and barcodes out on the production floor of additions of raw materials into batches. And then we're able to quickly search by a number of parameters, whether it's a raw material code or a specific raw material lot number that was in a specific location. Or if a customer has a potential complaint or wants us to look into something, we can easily pull up every ingredient that went into that product and then look at the test results for those raw materials as well. And we're required to do this relatively quickly. I think we give ourselves 100% tracking within... Two hours. I would say the industry standard since I've joined has moved from four hours. Now we need to be quicker. Now a lot of people that I see have three hours or two hours as a as a basic. That's scary. Yeah. People need information fast. Yeah. Yeah. 
And you have the capability of doing that, obviously. Oh, yes. yes. We've done some mock traces, 15 minutes. So yeah. as fast as we can get information to our customers, the it, better it is. The better it is, yeah. whether it's external or internal customers. Yeah, sometimes we'll just set a fire, not literally, but like we'll uh, <laughs> give something to inventory and say, hey, uh, we need this traced and cater to scenario. And then we'll get together and they'll be able to work through the process. Yeah, I mean, because we're dealing with you know, people's well-being too Correct, here. Yeah. We're talking about nut allergies, gluten allergies, you know, yeah. things that can really do harm. Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. The traceability program is set in place for any scenario, right? So if we have an issue, like you said, about heaven forbid an allergen or foreign material that's going to cause harm to someone, that'd be your food safety. You want that information fast. As fast as possible. But even if it's just as simple as like a quality attribute, like color is slightly off. Still, that information's needed right away. We mentioned being nervous or butterflies, and you know, you guys had a fabulous response for that. We've also talked about problems, you know, that we we foresee or we stop at the gates. How do we help our customers with those issues, with those problems? If they come to us with those challenges, what are they facing, and what are we? Can, what can we help them with? So, good question, Corey. Top of mind, what what I'm thinking of is that when customers do have challenges. No matter who they reach out to, if it's someone on the sales team, if it's someone in customer care or directly to the quality team, we get that logged right away into our customer case investigation system. We can assign a case owner. We promise to get back within 24 hours just to say, hey, we received this information from you. We've assigned someone to it. We we hear you and we will start the investigation. No matter if it's maybe it's just that a box got damaged in transit. And they just need a replacement material right away. So we will begin that process of getting the situation corrected immediately. And then we have full traceability. So if anyone does come to visit us later, like me and Melissa, for a customer audit, yeah. we can pull up those cases and, and show the show the thread, show the history of what we did to, to fix the issue. To, to fix the immediate yeah. issue and to get that communication going back to the customer. For any kind of challenges that customers are having, having them contact us directly to group PSNQ or, again, their customer care representative, just getting that communication out as soon as possible is important to us because then we're able to assist our customers again as fast as we can, too. Yeah, communication's key. Okay. Well, I thank you guys for all those answers. Let's do our takeaways. If you've got one, two, three things that we can keep top of mind or something that you think is very important when it comes to safety or quality uh, that our customers can either learn from us or use, please share. For me, I would say, as we always hear, if you see something, say something. We're all always trying to do the best that we can. And having industry best practice is only known by sharing and being able to work with one another. So that's my takeaway is all of our customers is working with us as we're able to work together through some challenges and improve our systems overall for the industry. Definitely. Transparency, communication, partnership. These are all things that I think we have in common with our customers. This is, you know, something that we value and those values are shared across our customer base. And so my, my key takeaways for our customers would be that, yes, as Melissa said, if you have an issue, please let us know. We love to partner with you to to make sure that we have the best in class programs. And if there's anything we can do to improve, we appreciate and look forward to that feedback. Thank you. Last part of the podcast, my favorite part. Hopefully it's our listeners' favorite part. I'm going to ask you guys two questions that I came up with while we were speaking. Now, the first one 
keep in mind, let's let's keep this in the PG rating. I'm so nervous. Um, <laughs> first question is, what is the least safe thing you've done or the least safe thing you do on a daily basis other than drive your car? <laughs> the least safe thing I've done is gone skydiving. So I'm still in the food safety mindset. So when Corey asked me that question, I said, I automatically had the thought of, well, I've had some questionable leftovers in my time and I should have thrown them out after a certain length of time and gave it the good old smell test and decided it's to eat fun. it anyway. Yep. yep. I have no problems, no qualms with looking at that sell by date and be like, oh, I bought it before that date. It's still good. Let's do that. The only thing I don't screw around with is like shellfish oh, yeah. and cheese. You know, I'm not the kind of guy that sees that little piece of green and just breaks that off and goes, okay, rest of it's fine. Next question. Everybody knows that there are the, the major name brands and then there are the kind of copycat versions. Some of us, you know, prefer one to the other. Mm -hmm. What version of any type of food will you have the copycat version for? And you're fine with that. Cause I know you guys are sensitive tasters. So I mean, my, my example for this is Buffalo Wild Wings makes an amazing Asian zing sauce that I love. And I found one at Aldi that was temporary. And I'm very sad about that. Mm -hmm. And if that ever comes back, I, I will stack up and it'll be gross how much I'll get. Uh, but do you have something like that? For me, I think you'd ice cream. I don't care. No. I, I, <laughs> I will eat it. I, yep. Vanilla, strawberry. Yep. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> That's, yep, 100% agree. Yep, don't care. Any type. We, we've done a vanilla ice cream sensory My favorite, <laughs> um, like study yes. with the summer interns. And I love every single brand. Yes. The cheapest kind you can get. The, the fanciest the one. The fanciest one you can get. I love them all. But I would also say if I had to pick something different, coffee. I do not care <laughs> about the coffee. It's all about the caffeine intake for me. So how strong it is. If I'm getting it at a coffee shop, independent or chain, if I'm buying it, at the grocery store, I'm really on an iced coffee kick right now. So easy in the mornings or, you know, for making it on a Sunday morning, I just want that coffee. Yeah. I, I, I used to think I was going to be a coffee snob. I didn't drink coffee no. for a long time. I am not. No. <laughs> I, because the sweeter, the better. I put so much stuff in there. The, whatever it was to begin with, it's not that way to end. Exactly. Like a vanilla coffee somewhere. I'm like, oh, yes. So that's it for Flavor University Podcast. I'm Corey Doucette, and I'd really like to thank our special guests, Katie Wang and Melissa Valenzuela, for joining us today. Thank you for listening. And until next time, the flavor of McCormick is the flavor of life. So go out and taste it. <laughs>